A butterfly dies is a hex crawl adventure set in the forested mountainside of a prehistoric and mythical Michoacan, Mexico. Four days from now, an ancient ritual will raise the land and end the decades of flourishing times. But many believe the destructive tradition is not necessary for rejuvenating the land. Will you ally with the smolder cult fulfilling the burning of the butterfly miracle? Or will you help those who want to break the tradition? There are consequences with either choice. A Butterfly Dies is funding now on Kickstarter. Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian. Joined by our guest today, Chris Luggy, a creator of Soft Focuses. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. No doubt. Thank you for coming on. And you've got a project crowdfunding during Zine Month this year, and it's called Soft Focuses. What can you tell us about that? Soft Focuses is a solo journaling RPG, but not really a traditional one. The point of it is to kind of instill some empathy in the player and kind of give them an experience similar to what it's like to have ADHD and to deal with struggles of having ADHD. There's so many things in the world with ADHD where it tends to get broken down to just the squirrel stereotype, like everybody, you know, like quick (laughs) attention shift. And that's only like just a small part of it. So I wanted to do something that would be more inclusive and kind of give a better overall experience. And that's kind of why I made this. And the first version, the first edition I released last year, but there was a lot that I still wanted to do with it that I felt was missing. And I've been working on getting that up and running. And then I realized I would try and do it to, to get like a physical version of this that I want to try and release during zine month. So I added a lot more to the new version of it. Some of it, I'm still in the process of fine tuning Oh, so I've got a question. That's an interesting topic to tackle. ADHD. How do you tackle that in a game? What are you? What are we doing here? What are we going to see? What can we expect? Yeah, like, like, and I, I try and be upfront about this, especially if you have ADHD. Uh, this game is not what you would necessarily call fun. (laughs) I have play tested it a lot. It is a big hit to my energy when I play it, (laughs) Uh, because especially if you got ADHD, it's like doubling it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way I kind of approached it was the idea of kind of like walking a mile in someone's shoes, but mm-hmm. the way I've been saying it is it's more like putting someone else's insoles in your shoes. Cause you're not fully taking their experience on you. You would stat out a character with, uh, I've got 10 stats spread out across, uh, executive and social functions, which are oh. two of the main groupings of how ADHD is presented in people. So like inattentiveness, uh, set switching, things like that. When you're playing it, you have your stats and then you make a list of all the major events that happened during your day. So you had a meeting, you went and you had a uh, lunch with a friend, you went and had a call with a customer, you you know, went and walked the dog, made breakfast for the kids, that sort of thing. And you figure out which things would be affected. For example, going and walking the dog, that could be any number of stats that would be affected by that. So I would say, based on what happens, you could go with an attentiveness uh, because you're having 
to focus more like you go through a crowded area you know that the dog was trying to pull this way and that so okay i'm going to put in attentiveness you would take your inattentiveness stat roll the die and reduce it by the inattentiveness so the more inattentive you are the harder it becomes to do that you compare that to the table that tells you how you did and then you it, there's a bunch of modifiers and other things that can occur and so it kind of gives you just the general idea of like here's how things went for your character which is supposed to be in theory just kind of a different version of you it's not uh now and that is something i'm adding playing like if you want to play like a literary character or a character from a show or a video game or something you can totally do that in the new version but the original is more you yourself are playing as this separate version of you I'm curious what what uh what brought this idea up? What made you want to write a game about ADHD of all things? I'm curious about this. Well, I have ADHD. I've had I was diagnosed when I was 6. It's something that's been fairly prevalent in my life. I wasn't medicated until a few years ago. I mostly learned a lot of coping mechanisms uh cuz I had a lot of biases against medication, which is another thing I t- I try and tackle in this cuz the medication in the ADHD community is really kind of divisive at times. Some people are really against it. Most people are for it because it, if it allows you to function in a way that kind of fits more with normal society in a lot of ways. <laughs> so, I had had a number of experiences with people, especially when I wrote this which believe I yeah I wrote I wrote it all in about the the core rules of it in a weekend the back in 2021 oh okay and then I ended up just tweaking it and fine-tuning it for like a year and then I ended <laughs> releasing the, the first version but I had a number of experiences with people uh it was including a former boss of mine had another coworker that was had ADHD worked in a different department but we were talking about stuff this guy above me came in I was just being real insensitive about everything. And just, I could tell it was really hitting my coworker hard. I was used to it and she was used to it a lot too, but she was already really stressed at the time. And so that kind of was one of the final catalysts that caused me to go and, okay, no, I want to make something like it's not going to work for someone like that person because he's, he's not going to approach this in good faith. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there are people out there that want to approach this in good faith, but just they they just don't understand because they've never they haven't had ADHD. It's not something that they would necessarily understand. Mm-hmm. So I wanted something to help with that. So while it's not going to help him, it would help parents of kids with ADHD if they themselves don't have it. I was also lucky because when I got diagnosed, we discovered my dad was ADHD. Me and him present very similarly, so it was I got it. I they, they diagnosed me, and then they kind of went. Hey, you might <laughs> we might need to check on you too. <laughs> yeah, that's why I kind of created it was this idea of trying to get someone who wants to interact with this and be able to know more, to know, to learn and to be able to have at least some more understanding of it. So uh, I've got some questions then involving all this. So, so you, yeah. you've had ADHD your entire life, correct? Yeah. And you mentioned earlier that you didn't do a lot of medications until recently. I'd, I'd be curious. You said you had a lot of coping mechanisms. I'd be curious mechanisms. I'd be curious to hear some coping mechanisms that you have utilized over the year to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody develops their own 
their own things over the course of their life with this. A lot of what I have done, I used to call it the wall because it felt like there was this wall behind my eyes that I kind of had to push through. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my coping mechanisms was kind of like forcing myself into overdrive at times. Like if I really had to focus on something, like I was, I had an important test coming up that I was going into, like when I was doing my uh, SATs and things like that, mm-hmm. I did a lot of meditation. I did a lot of like calming techniques to kind of try and just let my brain go places and allow me to focus it where I needed to. It felt like I could kind of push through the wall, but it was like pushing through like bubble gum or something. Like I could push a little ways and you could, you know, you could get a little bit out and then kind of push Snap back. back. <laughs> exactly. So I would figure out ways to like push myself through this, just super hyper focus on things, kind of direct what's called hyper focus at what I needed to. And then I would just be completely drained afterward, which with the previous job, the one I had with that one supervisor, uh, I I was getting to a point where I was just constantly drained because I had done that so many times throughout the day Mm -hmm. that by the end of the day, I was like wiped. My brain was exhausted by the end of the day. Uh, So the only time I was like really, truly engaged and there when I get home with my partner was the weekends. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to start looking at medication because I, I had been doing research and I realized like a lot of my my biases and a lot of what I saw when I was a kid, when I was given the option, was not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of that, those people that I knew that were on stuff like Ritalin, they were not managed properly. They did not have the proper doses. So the zombie effect that everybody complained about <laughs> yeah. was... It was just because they weren't dosed right. They were, it, they just gave them the medication and let it go. And I knew a lot of friends that had medication and I was like, you know, I'm going to give it a try. And so I talked to my doctor, we worked through it, talked to my therapist at the time and yeah, it all ended up working out. And again, not medications, not for everybody. Some people don't do well on medication. Some people don't do well on other medication, but do well on this kind. That was uh, one of my one of my um, my approaches or thoughts on on like the DSM and things like that. Oh yeah, getting to, getting uh, diagnosed. One of the things that I had noticed, I, I was born. I have Tourette syndrome, and I was diagnosed oh. with ADHD probably when I was about seven or eight years old. Okay, and it's a thing I've always struggled with. So I like hearing you talk about it. It's very interesting to me, especially hearing how someone else dealt with it. Because I definitely have my own coping mechanisms and periods of time where I either self-medicated or officially medicated with the VA has been helpful with that kind of stuff in recent years. Okay. <laughs> but so I, I'm curious about that. And it's interesting hearing, hearing how you've approached that and your own me- coping mechanisms, because I had a lot of coping mechanisms as well over the years. Um, One of the things that, uh, but the reason I brought up the DSM is one of the things I've noticed through the DSM is things like you can have three or four, however many necessary criteria to be uh diagnosed as a specific thing in the dsm and someone else can have you know the same amount but they can be totally non-related things that don't even overlap and they end up getting the same diagnosis (laughs) yeah it's uh i have a lot of issues with the dsm i think most people that are neurodivergent have a lot of issues with the dsm (laughs) and the fact that it really needs an update at this point, uh, even though the when you look at it, it's not that old. Yeah. 
but in retrospect, came but, out, it doesn't seem like it's that long ago, but it may be longer. I know they I just came out with an addendum <laughs> a couple of years ago and it covered a couple of things, but it was not nearly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was like early, like late 2000s, I think, if I remember right, was when it was last up. It was like 2009, 2010, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And it's there's been just so much since then. Like uh, if you were diagnosed at that age, like there was, it was viewed as two things back then, ADD and ADHD. Yes. My hyperactivity is internalized. So I was very much ADD when I was diagnosed. Uh, it wasn't until, you know, four or five years ago when I started doing more research into it, instead of just dealing with it like I had been that I realized I found out oh it's actually not ADD versus ADHD it's at the time was listed you know there's multiple types uh, of ADHD and it's all different presentations of that and then now a lot of the thinking is that it's all the same basic thing it's not like multiple types of ADHD it's just how it presents in you yes because I have friends that have that would probably be diagnosed with the same type as me, but we present very differently. Some of the same coping mechanisms might work the same, but we still present very differently. And what works for us is very different. So I, I like that it's evolving. But yeah, we re- we really need to update the DSM. I, that's we yeah. I'm glad I you concur. brought that up. And, and then and then I, I don't want to get into Foucault, but I have to say Foucault had a few things to say on all this stuff as well. So <laughs> <laughs> I I want to I want to go back real quick because we are a game pod. You do have soft focuses. Could you tell us real quick how you got to the point where you're putting out your own games and how you got into oh. gaming to begin with? And uh, okay, uh, so I've been since I was a kid video games. Uh, my brother who's a little older than me uh introduced me to him been playing video games since i was like five or six when i was a kid i wanted to be a game designer mm-hmm. i wanted to go into video game design and then i got into school and i went to programming and i realized like I, i'm still on computer tech i like computers i hate programming <laughs> like if you know what the difference between programming and scripting is i'm a scripter <laughs> I I like doing websites. I like doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I hate yeah. hardcore programming. I as soon as I got into like oh, it's a different data structures. I was like, no, <laughs> this is not for me. It is a different beast. Yeah, and I, I have a degree in art, mm-hmm. uh, which was something that my dad also has a bachelor of fine arts. Oh. And so when I was younger, he was just waiting for me to say I was going to go get a BFA. So I was always into art. I was always, and so I ended up getting my BFA. But I knew I was going to work in the tech industry, but I wanted to get my BFA in art. Back around at this point, getting close to 10 years ago, I started getting into TTRPGs. I, I, I had some ideas a little bit pre-pandemic. I had some ideas for games I wanted to make because, I, like I said, I always want to make games. It tends to just be a thing that happens with me. I uh, Somebody mentioned something, and I'll be like, that would make an interesting game. And I'll start building it out in my head in the background. And that's what I ended up doing. And then I saw the first one I released was for one of the one-page RPG game jams. Yes. That was out in uh, 2000. And I was like, okay, I have some ideas. I don't think I could get any of them down to one page. But then I had this other idea and I went, you know what? Let's do it. Why not? And so I made it. And that is still, besides Soft Focus, is probably the the highest downloaded game I have on itch out of all my games. (laughs) That brings me to a question because we're coming close to time. Could you tell folks where they can find your stuff online, where they can back you, where they can follow you, and what to check out on your itch and what to check out of your other games that are out there? Okay. Uh, So 
first and foremost, uh, Soft Focuses is currently funding on Crowdfunder. So it's uh, crowdfunder without the e.com uh, slash soft focuses. That's going through the third, third of March. Last I checked, I'm trying not to check it too much. So I'm not obsessing over it. Uh, we're a little bit over a quarter of the way there, which is good. I know this is a kind of a hard sell of a game. <laughs> <laughs> as far as my other stuff, uh, you can find me most places under uh, CR Leggy, L E G G E. Like Twitter, Instagram. I don't don't use Instagram that much anymore. Twitter, Instagram, itch.io. I have a number of other games up there. Uh, a lot of them are free. Uh, a lot of them are smaller RPGs. I've got a few slightly bigger ones. I tend to do slightly more experimental stuff. If you are listening to this and you've ever played anything from Tiny Tome, uh, the collection that came out oh, yes. uh, last year, I was in that oh. with that first game that I wrote, uh, which is totally real human adults. That is of... <laughs> That's a very opposite one from Soft Focuses. That one is very madcap and fun. And <laughs> I still have, it's, I still wrote it to be about imposter syndrome and things like that. So oh, I, interesting. I, like I sneak that. little cool. things like that in un- underneath a lot. But uh, if you've played that and you like that, you should check out some of my other stuff on there. It kind of runs the spectrum between something like soft focuses and something like that. Well, that's, that's cool. That's interesting. That's neat. Well, you definitely have to check it out. Everybody. I want to thank you for coming on. It's been good getting a chance to talk. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you. Uh, no, doubt, no doubt. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook, search Wilds and Bleeds and the Wizards. Wildbleedsandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter and TikTok at Crom. We're on Patreon. You can always use the support, patreon.com backslash Wildbleeds and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.